I want to take a quick moment and give a shout out to our sponsor, Elgato Gaming. If you're a seasoned content creator or interested in creating content, I highly recommend checking out all the Elgato products. One of the many industry-leading game capture devices that Elgato offers, and one I've personally used for the past couple years, is the Elgato HD60S. The HD60S is an external capture card that not only looks good, but provides stunning 1080p, 60fps, and is powered by the Elgato's superior low-latency technology that makes it easy to record, upload, and live stream professional content with ease. It also offers a 3.5 millimeter input for a microphone or an external audio source, whatever you'd like. It's plug and play taken to the next level, literally. So if you want to show off your skill on live streams or just record your gameplay for a highlight video, the Elgato HD60S is my number one recommendation. Pick one up today and support the podcast by going to deserto.com slash Elgato. That's D-E-X-E-R-T-O dot com slash E-L-G-A-T-O. And start creating your own content today. You're listening to the Fortnite Podcast with your host, Too Loud TX and Monster Defense. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast, the first one of 2019. We are here, and uh, you know, we we had a fun week. Everybody here on the show today, uh, last weekend, had a great time out at the WSOE event. So hopefully you guys got to see it. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But as always, this show is brought to you by Deserto.com and Fortnite Intel, sponsored to you by Elgato Gaming. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Fortnite Podcast. If you're listening, wherever you're listening, whether it be Google Play, Spotify, Dash Radio, uh, Player FM, Stitcher, wherever you are, thank you guys so much for that. Please leave a review. We're more than happy uh, to take all of your reviews and we're going to read through those. And you know, hey, look, we always, we're always looking for ways to get better. Right, Monster? I mean, we're always looking for ways to, to continue to, to increase our skill here on the podcast. So let us know what you guys want, and we'll do it. But, as I said, my man, he's here, the caster, the face that I think everybody's basically said the face of Fortnite for now, Mr. Monster D-Face. What's going on, buddy? Yo, what up, guys? Crazy event at WSOE. Big shouts to everyone that got to tune in. Uh, the tweets yeah. were flowing. The love was going. Uh, first event we did with Too Loud, so happy hey! to have on yeah, the casting, yeah. you know what I mean? So uh, big things for everybody. Uh, definitely uh, a beautiful way to close out 2018 and jump into 2019 uh, with, with a bang, man. Yeah, it, it was absolutely incredible. I think the best end of your gift, you know, per se, that I think you and Richard could give me, right? You throw my name out there and Richard allowing me to come. And uh, it, was, it was absolutely incredible. And somebody else that was there, but he was there with like, what? Let's see, nine other players. Nine other players is the man himself, Mr. Esports Rob from Ghost Gaming. What's up, Rob? How you doing, buddy? Yo, too loud. Uh, Monster Deface, what's up, man? How you guys doing? Thanks for having me on the show this weekend. Uh, looking forward to it, man. It was good to see you guys at the event live. Uh, it was actually probably one of the best ran events that I've been to recently. Uh, and it was actually good to end 2018 on a, on a good note. So it's good to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, happy to have you. I've, I've tuned into your stream a couple times. You know, you're out there grinding. You got your players grinding, but you're also grinding it out. So it's it, it definitely want to talk about that and, and your experience. You know, talking about WSOE real quick so we can get through this because I know a lot of people had a lot of questions. You know, how the event go? Players were saying, you know, how much they enjoyed it uh, on, on, on social media. Uh, I know as, as talent and casters, we really enjoyed the event. We've said it many times. But from your perspective, Rob, like seeing and taking nine players, which what only leaves you what three of the three out of your twelve players that didn't get to go, um, 
how how was it from your guys' point of view as players in an organization going out to WSOE and, and from how it was ran from front, front to back? Yeah, uh, so good question. Uh, first event that's not ran by Epic, right? Uh, besides a, a couple in Europe, to my understanding. So uh, when we got invited, uh, we were super excited to, to experience, um, uh, you know, a new event with with new faces. Uh, so it was props and kudos to WSOE and ESPN for running a, a tight show. Uh, it was it was a, it was a great weekend. They treated every player and even myself as management like kings. Uh, took care of all accommodations for you know from start to finish, and then really there was no downtime or drastic you know I guess lag in in the whole production show. So making sure that the players were there, making sure they were on time, and then giving them adequate practice time, running through them through pre shows, uh, and then just asking their feedback and management feedback. So huge props to WSOE. I, I'm actually intrigued to see how other TOs follow up suit. Um, but we'll see, man. Uh, obviously, yeah, sent nine guys. Um, one of our guys, Saf, played with Zate from Energy. Uh, but the other four teams are full Ghost members. Um, and it is a little tricky with our roster. We have so many players. Uh, it, a couple of our guys are just still ineligible, like Enzo. Yeah, uh, four, fourteen year old kid. That come on, Enzo, grow up, grow that's up, what I'm Enzo. Saying, man. Turn, give me, <laughs> Jeez, give me one more year, one more year. Uh, <laughs> but uh, like I said, uh, we do have a lot of people on the roster, but some of them are are in growing stages, right? right? So we can get into that a little bit later. But yeah, man, yeah, nice. Yeah, definitely, I definitely want to jump into that. How is it when you go to an event? How do you pick out who plays with who? Or is it up to the players? Yeah, so in this situation, it's invited. Um, so really, we were told how many spots we got. Uh, and then it's a decision for myself, Robbie Skoll, and then Matt Dillon in regards to who we send and, and what kind of athletes and best talent we put on the field that day. Yeah, too bad Robbie didn't get to make it out. I would love to see, his, to see him there and hanging out with us all. But, you know, Monster, as you looked at the event, I know players told me like one thing they really loved is they got to actually warm up in games. Um, from a player perspective and you getting y'all all the time you got the FaceTime you got with the players, how else was this event different than or things that they like, should I say, than previous events? No, I think I think that's a big thing to touch on is that warm up uh, is huge. Um, I've done previous lands, uh, you know, ran by Epic, some, you know, not ran by Epic and, and different games. A lot of the times you don't have that preparation time. And for the WSOE event, the way it was ran. They gave players plenty of time, a couple of hours to really sit down and play not only against one another to test themselves out on the field. Maybe they got to change up some game plans, right? Just to help pay, uh, players optimize in the field, but also just down to the peripherals. Keyboard and mouse comfortability is huge. So uh, just, just that alone, I think. Oh, oh, and resolution. Big, like that was a big thing. So the players can play at their pretty much peak performance because they're comfortable that's the most important part when it comes down to, uh, to the whole like competitive scene it's being comfortable uh especially when you're away from home right you're you're sitting next to people in a live environment you have that right. one shot to get out there uh dude the peripherals the resolution and uh warm-up time man that was huge yeah and and it was a really comfortable atmosphere as well that they had right yeah. they had good chairs they were you know it wasn't hot or cold it seemed to be pretty well you know controlled very very well Food, as as Rob said, they accommodated all the players, and they accommodated us, um, and it was really awesome. Props to WSOE. I, from my understanding, don't hold me to this, but I think they're going to do two of those events a year. 
So there, we're going to see two more in 2019, which I'm super excited about. And I think it'll keep getting better uh, from a viewing perspective. I think we've talked about this. You know, this was their first time to do it. So like from point of view, if you walk to the first two games, there's great growth between games one and two to game three and four, where we, we saw player perspective. We were, you know, the spectator cameras, how we were able to see all that stuff started to get better as you go down the line. They know they have work to do. Part of it's, you know, they're they're handcuffed by, you know, the the uh, support and tools that they have from Epic mm-hmm. uh, and that have been built out. Epic's still building those so other everybody else can see them. But thought for one hundred thousand dollars is awesome. You guys, Rob, coming in second place with Saf and Zate. Uh, you know, one of those being your players, with Saf being one of your players. Um, what feedback did you get back from your <clears throat> players after the event, as far as the playing goes? Yeah. Uh, well, let me let me let's talk about the elephant in the room real fast, which is the qualifiers that led up to this event. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Where, I think that's where most of the backlash started with WSOE. Um, whether it was the the type of information that they relayed to the communities on how many games players were going to be playing during qualifiers. Um, But it's all trial and error. Um, So I guess negative, negative would have been uh, the the qualifier situation, right? It kind of left a sour taste in the community's face. But then seeing the the positive feedback from every single player after the event kind of like put that, put that bed, you know, put it to rest. So, um, I guess we can kind of circle back on how my players truly were impacted by the event. Um, realistically, we were taken care of. Uh, the fact that we were given so many spots, um, I, I think that's great. The fact that we didn't see liquid there was kind of disappointing um, for whatever reason that they're, they're a bunch of boys didn't really want to come out to it. Um, well, unless, my- unless you're the winners, right? Unless your gig starts season and and uh, elevate, right? They were happy they weren't there, you know, la- landing in crates basically yeah. the whole time. But yeah, so yeah, you, go ahead. I was go just ahead. gonna say they showed up. How did you get? Before we get too far, how did you get nine spots? Is that just say, hey, I want these nine spots? You asked for them, or they said, hey, we'd love to have Ghost come out big. What was that like? Uh, I think it was just more tournament. Uh, TO's discretion. Maybe they knew that we were, we're local um, and, and close to LA and, and can easily, you know, uh, logistically make sense for them. Um, right, but, right. but that, that, you know, I feel like every invite that we did get uh, with the spots was justified. Um, although, who knows next time? I don't expect next time for us probably to have five teams at the event, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I definitely agree with you. It looks like the, the only in the big, should I say, constructive feedback would be that I would give them is also for the qualifiers, right? It, one round is just too tough. I, I, I like two, three, three, you know, I think is a great number. Um, kind of gives you, you know, that ability to jump in there, even two, but I, I'm definitely with you. I mean, it, there is, there was some still some great stories and some great, you know, plays that came out of it. I think we definitely had some people show up, you know, we had Psalms, right. And Rux show up that came out of the qualifier rounds, which was incredible. Uh, you had that story about those two guys, uh, that met at the event, qualifying as singles coming in and winning. Uh, so lot, lots of great praise, lots of stuff around WSOE. If you didn't see it, go see it monster, you know, the, the, you know, monster and, and golden boy. And what, what, what do you, what do you guys title yourselves now? The, the what? Uh, we're the Boricua boys. Boricua boys. Yeah. 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 Out there <laughs> crushing it, uh, while we were at the event. Uh, and then got, got to hang out with, with fallout and great cast, great cast of people. Um, and you guys walked away with some money. So overall ghost, I, I Rob, I'd say it, it worked out really well. 
Yeah, uh, fifteen thousand of the one hundred thousand uh, Ghost oh, Gaming took, took away, which is yeah. not bad. Uh, but at this stage of the game, more importantly to me, obviously, some of my players like to play for the money, but we play for the hardware over here. Yeah. Uh, so, so having having the uh, the big check and the and the gold chain is 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 the next goal for that yeah. event. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think we'll we'll probably see prize monies keep going up and going up. You know, I, for people that don't know, and I don't know all the specifics, but the money is regulated a little bit by Epic and what they're they want to allow for the events. So, you know, if if you know if they end up seeing that a million dollar prize pools are better for the community, we'll see. May hopefully they will be, and you can take home, you know, more than fifteen thousand next yeah. time so yeah here well let's jump in a little bit about you rob how did you become the man you are today how did you get to be esports rob at ghost gaming the general manager of the hottest i w- and i would say this <clears throat> i mean it, you know we have phase they've showed up in a lot of games they've been around for years obviously tifu and cloak scene all those guys have definitely a place to be that <laughs> props to them for all they've done in, in fortnite but ghost has really shined here in the Fortnite community, really come up. You guys have been around since 2017, so one of the newest orgs that that's really become prominent in the industry. How did you get here, Rob? Yeah, uh, well, I, I'll try to keep this as, as quick and as short as possible. But um, always, always been involved in gaming. 32 years old, uh, so everything from like floppy disk, uh, you know, playing on my dad's old computer to owning basically every console, even the bad ones, like, uh, you know, Sega Dreamcast or whatever, whatever that was. Yeah. 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 Terrible, terrible console. Um, but always played gaming, uh, and all really started in call of duty. I guess that was my game quote unquote. So from the original Xbox to the, uh, to the evolution of Xbox gaming, um, is really where I started. So early, you know, during my middle school and high school days, you know, gaming all the time, not really managing my schoolwork, more caring about gaming. Um, <laughs> so always having there. that passion and really that dedication to call of duty. Um, really, I think it was probably early 2010, um, when I found out about, Call of Duty competitive gaming at the highest level. So I started watching, um, playing on the ladder, GBs and stuff like that. But then also realizing that there was like a pro circuit going on. Um, so then I started evolutioning through college and into corporate corporate world uh, to where I was a student loan collector as my first job, uh, but made, did decent at that. Um, and then I transitioned over to Wells Fargo, where I was at Wells Fargo for seven years. Um, during that time at Wells Fargo, what did you do at Wells Fargo? Were you just a banker? Yeah, I was a home mortgage. So I did oh. uh, refinancing. I did uh, basically collections on mortgages if they were behind, um, preservation on them, which is basically what they call it. it was, the housing market was terrible right. back in the two thousands, as you know. Um, so really, realistically, just getting people out of mortgage trouble um being the bad cop and good cop i guess you know some cases having to come take their house away from them um but in some cases actually being able to help people out through their through their situations you know through modified programs to right to help them out financially but um realistically did that but then had a little bit extra money laying around right so i was a single guy no girlfriend uh no obligations but a little bit extra money laying around so i decided hey esports is cool let me create my own call of duty team 
Um, so I found some kids online, scouted the ladder and said, Hey man, let me fund you to the next event. Uh, really got involved there. Um, jumped forward three years later. Uh, I was started running an online league, which is like a show match. So I, I linked up with a guy out of Chicago, a digital marketing company. We would run show matches and we would run tournaments and, you know, get sponsorships just to run, you know, community events and call of duty. Uh, and that's how I found Robbie. Uh, he, he was actually running an organization with a guy out of Sweden called Orbit, uh, Orbit GG. If you've, if you're familiar with them, a couple, yeah, yeah. couple, uh, couple other titles they were in counter-strike and call of duty and stuff like that. But linked up with them, uh, Robbie and the owner, uh, kind of pulled me in to do business development. Um, so I was the guy that was chasing sponsorships for their brand. Um, this is after I kind of like phased my entire Call of Duty team out. A couple of the guys just went to college, so that's how that phased out. So I, w- I had to find something else to do. Right. Linked up with the digital digital marketing firm. That's how I found Robbie. Um, I worked with Orbit for about two years. Were you full time with them, or were you also no, working? No, secondary I was still job. at the bank the whole time, man. Uh, I was at the bank the whole entire time while I'm doing this. Um, and I would come home from work and then put like five, six, seven hours in after and staying up till two, three, four o'clock in the morning doing esports on the side, um, and trying to build a brand, you know, we were top 20 in counter-strike at the time we were in the call of duty pro league at orbit. So we did some pretty decent things for, yeah. for early stages, but well, we had our eyes being, you know, like the optic and the phase and, and everybody else envy that was doing really well. Um, so jump forward was at orbit for a little bit, help establish them, um, and then left the brand and, and kind of became a player agent, uh, without being the lawyer. Um, so I had really what that entailed was I had a bunch of friends that were in professional games from my time being involved in organizations. Uh, one of them was overwatch, uh, overwatch came out and was really hot. Uh, I had a friend that played a game called crossfire, uh, which is Counter-Strike version two. Um, it's really big in China. Uh, but this guy, his name was Baby Bay. He plays for San Francisco Shock. Um, so Baby Bay actually played counter- Crossfire under Orbit for me. That's how I knew him. And then he started playing Overwatch. Well, I left Orbit, got linked up with Baby Bay. He started becoming a sensation in Overwatch, and he started playing with a team. And the team needed somebody to basically, I guess do a business deal. They were getting approached by a lot of organizations, a lot of high profiled organizations at the time. Um, some of the, some, I won't, I won't disclose those organizations right now, but I mean, these are your tier one organizations that were trying to sign these guys at the time or get in bed with them. Um, so I, I managed a deal where I was the player agent for baby Bay's overwatch team. Um, he basically told me, Hey, Hey man, you find me a good org, you find me a good check. Uh, then you're riding along with me, you know, to the top. So we were getting a lot of offers, uh, and we got approached by ghost gaming. Uh, they told me about an offer that they had as soon as I came in the door, uh, because they had a lot of offers on the table. They told me that I should consider looking at this offer they had from ghost gaming. Um, so, uh, did my research. Uh, found out that it was it was a good company, you know, had some good backing behind it that I can't disclose, um, just for for organizational purposes. And so we linked up. We linked up for PAX 2017. Uh, we went and played at an event called NGE Winter Finals. 
And that was my start right there. Um, Ghost had an Overwatch team. We finished second behind Immortals at the event. We beat out Complexity. We beat out, you know, some top teams at uh, right. the Overwatch event. Uh, and then jump forward is a kind of unfortunate situation. So we kind of did a branded appearance for Ghost Gaming uh, for that one event. When we got back, we were supposed to sign some heavy contracts with them. During that time, an organization called Splice got a got a deal with the Boston Bruins, and the team ended up going to to, to Splice rather than staying loyal to Ghost. Uh, Ghost ownership gave me the opportunity. Said you can either go with that team, you know, or you can stay at Ghost. And I actually stayed with Ghost and left the the Overwatch team and go to Splice. Um, and since then, I became a team manager at Ghost in 2017. Uh, and just as recently, this past year, uh, took over the role as general manager of the organization. So that's that's how we're here. Um, you've, been, you've been putting in your grinding thus far. I mean, it, it's funny because you look at Monster, we talk a lot about content creators and streamers putting in grind. But even people on the esports side putting in their grind, right? And it shows the consistency and keep going you can get to where you want to go. Uh, and, you know, and I mean, we know these struggles of, of going through and trying to, you know, grow your brand, grow yourself. And when you look at somebody like him, that's gone through it. I mean, monster, this has some right relevance to kind of you putting through your grind to get to where you are today. Yeah. Without a doubt. People ask all the time, how do you make it as a content creator, as an influencer or just anywhere in the space? I say a lot of it is a lot of hard work. You go by the sand, the harder you work, the luckier you get. You got to get a little bit of luck, put together that hard work and the right opportunities uh, will fall in front of you. You just got to kind of capitalize. Sounds like that's what he did, man. So, yeah. yeah, I would I would definitely say that luck luck, and then persistent. Like I was really persistent. Um, I was I was messaging and, and, you know, Hastro will come out and say this, Mike Rafael. Uh, I, I messaged him like I was DMing him all the time. It's just some random fanboy saying, Hey man, love your brand. Love what you do. Like I, I just had this passion. And like I said, I started for 10 years, did it on the side, did, experienced the real world of paying <laughs> bills and going to work and, you know, being a you know, I worked at Wells Fargo. So essentially I was just a number. Um, you know, there was no hands. I know that up. feeling all too well, sir. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it, it is a grind. Nobody just walks into Base and sees instant success. I think that everybody comes from different paths. So, um, you know, that's that's basically kind of like my history and kind of what led me to Ghost all in one. Yeah. So you you find yourself at Ghost GM now, right? Um, what is a GM of an esports company? What what is that entitled? What do you do every day? You you get to get up and just <laughs> sip your coffee and then stream all day long? Is that is that what you do? Uh, you, you definitely have to have the balance. So there's definitely some streaming and some coffee drinking, right? Right. You know? Yeah, you, you got to have that. balance. But uh, in general manager, I mean, I was one blessed to be put in a situation uh, by by the people who who trust me to have the relationships with the players and also have you know the demand to drive them and meet the contract obligations. So general manager, right? So realistically, I I run a team of uh, five to whatever, how many game titles were in five to six coaches, um, right. and, or managers. So I'm meeting with them and then we're also responsible for 30 to 40 independent contractors that we have to oversee every day. 
um, some, some living on site at our facility uh, and taking advantage of our program that we instill. So creating a program um, and what that program would entail is making sure that we're meeting life balance and living life right, personal training, eating right, putting in the work hours, um, you know, having team team chemistry and, and classes and development workshops, um, motivational speeches and mentors, uh, getting those guys in there um, and, and really gassing up our team and making sure that we're mentally prepared for it. Um, so I, I really work with coaches and players and managers. Um, and then I'm overseeing all the teams and the performance levels. Also overseeing and working with the acquisition levels. Um, so working with the higher ups and our talent acquisition team to right. see what type of games we should be in, how much we should be investing in those games, uh, what type of return we can see in those games. Uh, and then realistically just driving the player side because esports esports there's two sides to the track buddy so the entertainment content side which monster drives on and does an amazing job and then there's your your player side so how, what you're driving on your performances your championships uh your player development whether it be an academy team or a professional team uh so realistically i'm overseeing every single player i'm their boss uh but they have chains of commands and levels to it um, and I'm the liaison between the upper management uh, and the players, basically. I think it's really crazy how you explain, like, there's you know, a regiment to players. Like, are you being healthy? Are you eating right? Are you doing these things? Right? The, like, all these important things that most people don't think about. Hey, if I'm a gamer, I'm just going to sit at home and you know, my office or my bedroom or whatever, I'm just going to play and eat Doritos and gate drink Gatorade all day long. Like that will make me successful. Uh, and I think it's funny that you bring that up. There's so many questions that I have from that, by the way, if you ever want to start a brawl stars league, you know, me and monster, <laughs> we really enjoy that game. There, no, there we go, but, but, but I'll joke, I'll, I'll joking aside, you know, you, you talk about like management and you talk about, you know, coaches, you mentioned coaches for some of your leagues that you have. Is there is there a need, and I want to get both y'all's opinion on this, is there a need for coaches in Fortnite? Like, is there Monster? What do you think, I'll let, Monster? I'll let, I'll let Monster, he's, like, he's the commentator, uh, yeah. right? So let, let's let him go first. Yeah, of course. Um, so as the competitive like format stands right now, uh, someone cannot be in the ear, let's just say, of the, of the player. It's up to the duo, right, to, to get together and figure it out right then and there. And a lot of the times with the pressure, uh, you know, decision making and game awareness and, and that game sense, it, it's hard to make the right decision all the time. But like as a commentator, uh, one thing that a lot of people know that I do is I give insight. I know what that player should be doing because I'm sitting there breezy, cool, right? No, no pressure on my back. I just got to talk the talk, make sure, uh, you know, we're, we're talking through the game. I'll make a call out and the players will do it because I have that that I can foreshadow these plays. So Sometimes I'm also looking, I'm like, oh, he's doing the wrong things, right? So if you ask me, I think coaching for Fortnite, I, I totally see a role in there where players can, can um, just have that extra bit of advice, motivation, just, just clarity for, for what's going on. Uh, when, when two players are battling, a coach could be eyeing the storm, eyeing the, right, right, the environment, what's going on, and then feeding that, uh, that, that little bit of input like, Oh, it's time to get out of here, right? Because you will lose track of time in battle, in PvP. It's hard. It's easy to get tunnel vision and lose yourself. So I totally think coaching in Fortnite, there, there's so much room for it there. 
Now, will like Epic allow this or stuff like that? I don't know where the the future of the game is going to kind of mold and shape into. But for what it's worth, oh man, there's a lot of value that someone from the outside looking in can can bring to the table by breaking down and and really just looking at what players are doing and help them improve, even if it's on the moment, on the fly, in the game or post stuff. So I, yeah. I totally think there's there's a a room or space for it. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. I mean. We talked to Crispy from CLG and they, mm-hmm. they watch film all the time of them playing, yeah. go through like they have this regiment where they show up at the office at like 9 a.m. They yeah, literally go awesome. through, right. they, they, they have meetings, they go through hours of watching the gameplay and then end up there. I mean, are you guys, is this, you know, you, you talk about all the roles you've, you've currently been filling and I don't know how you do all this, Rob, it's insane, but managing all your, all your players across, across the board. You guys have a great support team, I'm sure. Is this something that you guys look at as well? Like, are your players watching film? You know, it, and that's why I asked the question: Is there an option for maybe not even in-game, right, commentary from a coach, but coaching as perspective? Hey, I'm actually a Fortnite coach for Ghost Gaming. Yeah, uh, so probably a little bit different, different insight on my side uh, yeah. on how I feel about the subject. So. Uh, coaching in esports is definitely needed 100%. In some games, though, it's not just feasible. Not not feasible. And when I say not feasible, I think Fortnite is more of an analytical standpoint. So an analyst would need... If I hired somebody and I was going to hire, I'm not going to hire a coach. I don't need somebody that's going to hands-on you know, try to mold and change my players more that I need an analyst who can analyze drops, rotations, late game tendencies from other players. Um, and, and just certain things that we can pull to use because I, I have too much trust in my guys right now. Uh, if anything, they need more coaching outside of the game as human beings, like how to wake up on time, how to live right, (laughs) uh, just be more mature, you know, how to speak well on camera, stuff like that. Um, rather than a coaching in this aspect, although coaching is great. Um, I don't think that Epic would ever allow anybody behind them, um, and, and allow them behind the players. But similar to PUBG, uh, like we have a coach right now, and he's he's he plays coach and analyst as well. But PUBG has restrictions, like no coaches behind them. Other, like you know. But you turn to my other title, Counter Strike, and you know James for our Counter Strike team is one of the best coaches in the game. Uh, always behind them, in their ears, working with their in-game leader and, and calling plays on the fly, <clears throat> and just being an extra set of eyeballs. So. In Fortnite and Battle Royales, I have to lean towards more of an analytical need for for bodies. So the, their job, and I, we've been approached all the time, hey, do you guys need this? Do you want this? I have Jacob, um, PR, uh, who, who is a great player uh, in the game, but he also understands, you know, he's been a professional in Gears of War. Uh, he also created our, our coaching system and analytical review for that title. So I'm letting him do the same thing that he did in Gears for here. Just switch it around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a great point. Uh, I definitely agree. I think, um, you know, being able to provide information more so than uh, shape a player, and especially in a game like Fortnite that's moving so fast and there's so many, so many variables, right? This isn't like, you know, a normal, hey, they could, they could hold the map this way kind of situation. This, I think... Know, 
I think the co- not, not to cut you off. I think the coaching comes into play, like when you're when you're creating like tutorials and teaching younger players how to build and and situational experiences, like you know, you know, whether it be you know putting the pyramid down when you're trying to you know take over somebody's build. You know, Monster can elaborate a little bit more because <laughs> he knows all the things that you could be teaching in this game. Um, so there's definitely teaching involved and coaching needs to be there at the highest level and the highest level when we have these competitive players, I think analytical needs is, is probably where that comes into play. Yeah. How do you, how do you find yourself with 12 Fortnite players? Like why 12? Why didn't you just get four? Right? Like <laughs> obviously when we run down these names, like they're, they're pretty remarkable, right? I mean, you guys have made a name for yourself in ghost gaming uh, and in Fortnite, particularly above the rest in most parts. I mean, you have Aiden, right? Always there. Tilted towers against Mercs. We show him show up at PAX. Incredible. Bizzle following up second place at PAX. Incredible dude. Uh, we've seen some features on him, right? That Fortnite did. Uh, camo you got dm demo enzo saf all these i mean ghoul sean i mean <laughs> who kayun who hasn't been in the spotlight at one time or another right? right but how did you find yourself with 12 players you you know not, not to leave anybody out you know snood uh twifu uh, isa isa i don't know how you say it uh monster you probably pronounce their names much better than i do but you know here we are you have 12 players that are all had a spotlight at one time or another why 12 uh all right so i'll, I'll kind of break that down like how we how we viewed fortnite in the beginning right um so fortnite uh very popular very popular game like you're really what they do is great right um and i so from a competitive standpoint um i i think that fortnite if it's broke don't fix it right so they went into the game when they created fortnite in my eyes, uh, and this is only my personal opinion, okay? So this is what I think Epic did. They created a game, and it, they didn't really... They were making a casual game right off the rip. They didn't really care about competitive. Like, yes, if it turned in competitive, and it had small competitive aspects, but they never thought that it would turn into, like, oh, you know, the number one esport in the world, all right? I don't think that that was their goal in making the game, was to create the number one esport. With that said, it... it, it popularity blew this game up so we started looking at the game and all you know i started i and robbie and matt we started scouting the game and uh we have you know some of our ownership their kids play the game so it's it's just it's, it's popular right um so it's one of the games that we want to get involved in we started scouting the space um and i realized that right off the rip org started signing teams way too quickly they started signing teams and players uh cloud nine started just you know cloud nine for example started signing players quickly as can be um and other organizations quickly scooped up or uh players we sat on the fence for about three to four maybe five months before we even pulled the trigger on our first team which was demo enzo Bizzle and Zamas, which which Bizzle kind of told you about when he was on the show. Um, so we started with those four. We knew Enzo was 14 years old. So right off the rip, I personally knew that he was never going to play uh, coming right out of the gate. I knew that <clears throat> putting two and two together and being in esports that every developer has an age restriction. So letting a 14-year-old cash out that type of money, um, even before the money was announced, just cash out money was not going to be 
an option. Was, yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not really happening. Um, so we signed them, uh, and even before we signed them names that I talked to Tifu, uh, I talked to Tifu really early in the game. Um, I just didn't make him an offer, honestly. So I, I left him on. So defense. he's telling us Tifu could have been on ghost gaming is what he's saying. Monster. Tifu probably could have at least hurt us out. Uh, I know that he declined an offer from echo Fox early 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 in his in his, his career uh in Fortnite, um but he was hearing you know before phase and everything which he made a great decision going to phase but i guess the point i'm trying to make is is our our talent acquisition team did not want to see streamers they did not want to see influencers even though that's kind of what's driven this this whole thing to to great stardom ninja uh dr lupo and everybody else that's made this game massive um, we did, we wanted to think about who was going to be the best team when competitive time started ticking around. Right. Uh, we knew myth was decent at the game, but realistically our talent team, no shade of him. We knew that probably he wasn't going to be some world-class player just because we thought that streaming was more important to some of these guys. So we signed a team with, uh, they were fable at the time, which is another organization, um we got word from them that they were not going to be able to really take care of the team and this team was in the pro discord finishing second to second to first uh as low as fifth basically every night in scrims um we knew that liquid was getting picked up uh with the players that they were getting picked up and that if we wanted to get involved this was probably the next best team uh, as far as competitive team so we signed them we made it we made them a, a small offer a reasonable offer we did not overpay at the start um and then as Fortnite grew we've we've kind of you know changed changed things so new contracts have been signed with our team uh we have guys under multi-year deals uh as far as some of our our heavy hitters um and then how we how we started adding 12 in was uh in this space uh a lot of esports orgs and companies do not see a return on their investments uh, in Fortnite, we as an organization were seeing a return on the investment, right? Um, just and in how they far. pay out players, right? They yeah, from, it's not just from the top two, not three. even not not just not just the the prize money, but the prize money was making our investment in the portion that we were taking, which is a business standard that all the other tier one orgs are taking from their players that the investment made sense. Um, we were actually paying for you know some of the guys that were winning were paying for their self right at the right. end of the day um and then we knew that if, if as long as they keep it kept doing really great uh you know that the content side would grow if they were lacking in the content so we didn't really care about viewers we didn't care about your youtube or your twitch or anything like that all we really cared about is if, if you were good at the game we knew that it would take care of itself um so we started signing players for small salaries um Aiden was the first, one of the first ones of those. Uh, we were given Aiden's name. Um, Robbie Skull was given Aiden's name by somebody. Uh, we found out that he played a little bit of Call of Duty. So we were like, okay. So Aiden, uh, Robbie started watching his stream uh, and was like, we got to sign this kid. Uh, he's going to be the next, he's going to be the next best thing. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, that, that's that, a- <laughs> did I know that he was going to be as big as he is? No, I think that we kind of scratched a little auto ticket, right? Maybe. Right, right. <laughs> um, 
but how it started getting 12 is once we started seeing uh consistent play like sean at pat uh at um i think it was pax sean at pax or yeah it was pax not twitchcon um i saw sean was taken at at, at uh at pax just a very consistent player uh not really getting pursued at the time so i wasn't really sure um i saw kyan in the same situation in snood uh, just their consistency stood out more. And I don't know if other orgs didn't see that. Uh, but I do know that they had offers, but they chose us over some of the orgs. Um, so how it ended up to 12, man, was realistically the investment made sense. We were doing great. Um, and there's so much talent on the global scale that we were also thinking about the World Cup having representation for for at least Ghost in some aspects. So that's how Camo and Issa came into play. Uh, we found out that they were some of the, the heavy hitters from from Europe. Um, right. And and ever since then, I, I mean, I can not disclose, but there's 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 other players on Oryx that want to play for us. Yeah. That, you know, and it's just because I think that we've shown that we're invested in Fortnite, which if you're if you're a player and you see that from an organization standpoint, you know, other orgs have tier one games. Right. And it's their face, whether it be League of Legends or Overwatch. Ghost is kind of slowly known for Fortnite. Right. Right. So make sure you have Monster, a good. You, you, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Make sure That's you have a good. Making sure we have a good talent pool to choose from when we go to events is, is key. Monster, you've been a fan of ghosts for a long time. A couple of weeks ago, you said I'm definitely repping ghosts, you know, any, any chance I can get. And then you, you, you come in a situation where you see all these players, you're getting to cast these players time in and time out. What do you think has been some of the key factors? Like when you look at these players and their ability to be successful over and over and over and over again, like Bizzle and Aiden. Yeah, no, I've, I've been in the, uh, the player seat going against some of these guys. Um, definitely, you know, immensely invested in the competitive scene when it comes down to every forum to content creators, to the, to the players themselves being a caster uh, has just allowed me to analyze that gameplay a lot more. And when I walk in and you show me that roster, like last time that Psalm immediately, I said it, the first player, they asked me who you think is going to do good. I was like, Psalm's here. Like I could look at the roster and just be like, this guy's a beast. He's going to perform. He always keeps ice cold. Psalm was one of the ones that, you know, flew across country to come play on East Coast, showing how serious he is about, uh, you know, this, this gaming scene. And when I look at the Ghost team, early on, I knew Bizzle. When I was at TwitchCon, I looked at the roster, Heat 3, I'm like, oh, who's here? We got Aiden, we got Nick Merckx, we got... I was like, oh, Bizzle's in there? Okay, Bizzle's probably going to show up uh, with, with DMO, and they're going to put in work. What happened? They back-to-back, which I think was the first competitive back-to-backing uh, under, like, Epic's tournament uh, standards. Um, so just like, yeah, like ghost is definitely picked up again, consistent players. And it, it, it goes without saying that these guys are definitely super talented amongst, I guess, like some of the cream of the crop in the community. And when, when it comes down to me, just looking at a roster, I can look at players cause I've, you know, casted most of their games, uh, but also played with a lot of them and followed a scene closely. And I could just tell who's, who's in form, man. And, and right. who's going to do when it comes down to uh, you know game day really well Robbie's obviously done a great job of you know being the head of scouting and talent acquisition for you guys over there at Ghost and you know props to him great guy uh, you know I, I get to see him you know in your stream sometimes Rob and you know it's always his fault we'll just blame it on Robbie <laughs> yeah. you know until you know any loss is always <laughs> on Robbie's head but he's done great at getting all, all your talent together 
as you guys have the talent, we've talked about the success of, of growing up and, and kind of Ghost being the face a little bit of Fortnite and the esports scene. What kind of pressure does that put on your players? Like, are they just as relaxed as they were the first time? Or is Aiden like, oh, crap, I got 100,000 freaking followers now. You know, after you come out of PAX, you know, what, what, what does this do to the, your players' mindset? So I think, like, pressure-wise, uh, I... We place a lot of pressure on them, or at least I try to place a lot of pressure on them, um, just just to push people out of their comfort zones. Um, I don't try to make them too uncomfortable to where they like you know, messes with their performance and try to get in their head, right? Right. Um, but I guess one of the things that they're they're having to balance is not, I guess for, let's let's first start every event that they go into, something gets thrown at them, right? Whether it be the, the blade <laughs> or the boombox or, or yeah. something like that. So one, I try to just make sure that we're, we're staying level-headed and professional and not showing too much emotion from the game changing and being able to adapt. Um, but <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just really, <laughs> it's really hard to say. Like, they don't really. I th- I think they're more just having pressure, just balancing their 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 stardom and their fan and it, like content and and trying to you know grow fans and engage more. It's not the gameplay that there's that, that the pressure is there, because uh, like I said, like the, one of the reasons we pick them is because they're so consistent. So even if they have a bad game or bad tournament, I'm okay. I know you're going to bounce back and at least finish in the top ten next next. When event, you say so. content, are you guys asking them to put more content out? Yeah, so one thing that we're really pushing them more, and if if you think about it, so from the type of players that we picked up, these guys had no followings. They had right. no Yeah, you specifically didn't want it. Yeah. Correct. So I think that one of the most pressure things that we're trying to just balance right now is pressure on building the content. You have to learn because if you want to make it long-term success in this industry, you know, I tell them all the time, your your gameplay is only gonna take you so long. So if you you know, you can be great at the game, but eventually that's going to run out. Somebody's going to be better than you. And then what are you going to fall back on? Like, what do you have to fall back it's on? It's charming good looks. Whether it's, say. yeah, looks or your okay. content. Like some of them are taking off school right now, which I'm not, you know, we're not pushing that. Yeah, If yeah. anything, we're pushing for them to finish school. So they have something to fall back on. Um, but yeah, the pressure right there is also right now, I think the most pressure on them is to make the content. Um, pressure on Aiden right now. Uh, you know, like I said, he's blown up, man. He's this kid had when he signed, he had fifteen hundred followers. Now he has over a hundred thousand. So the pressure on him, right, is is not the game. He's it's it's the content and the the starstruck. How do I become a a, a huge celebrity, right? How do I become the Tifu? How do I become the ninja? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, is is that something that you guys help with a lot trying to figure out that balance? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, I, man, if you if you are in, so what, one thing I do is I have weekly meetings with all of our teams. So weekly meetings with our Fortnite team, and then I have Jacob and Robbie who are hands-on one-on-one. So each player is setting five content goals for the month. Each player is setting one personal goal individually as far That's as cool. in-game, and we're driving on those, every player. So we come back at the end of the 30 days, and I'm like, hey, man, what'd you produce? What What you got for me? You know, um, and so the pressure's there, right? When you have your boss and your boss is saying, "All right, give me five things and produce it." I don't care about. Sometimes quality's not going to be there, but you have to just get it out there. Um, so making sure we're building that consistency. So 
um, we do help them. We help them. Like I said, we're giving them ideas, but then again, we're, they're grown boys and they have to, they have to manage for themselves and they have to make content. So our organization can use some of that content as well. Yeah. Monster, what do you think about that? That whole, having that goal set per month. I think I think the ghost voice got it easy, man. Five pieces of content, I'll do that in a day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, uh, for any of you guys tuning in, man, uh, I drop thirty to you know sixty pieces of content. Right when it's patch day, there's videos everywhere. You you want to drop Twitter? You want to you want to upload on Instagram? So uh, just you know for for the players and people that listen in, content is everything, man. Uh, like like Rob kind of touched on gameplay and 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 your current like little popularity status it, it, it's gonna it's it's like a little match it can it can it can keep burning but the wrong gust of wind dude it's gonna go out quick and if you don't have something uh if you don't like that tinder right and and really get your fire going you're gonna miss out and you're gonna regret it down the line that's why me as a content creator i push heavy on everything i don't uh overlook things you, you want to grind you want to put that content out there and and have fun doing it. Find your own groove and your own style, and then drill it. And it, eventually, it won't feel like pressure. It'll it'll just be your routine. It'll be a lifestyle. Well, um, and that's, that's the most important thing. Get into that lifestyle uh, stance. There was something he mentioned, and he said it doesn't. The quality doesn't have always, always have to be there. Monster, you got yeah. 100, 150. That yeah. You know, that, you know how serious I was at the hotel. They dropped boombox. I recorded from my switch, my cell phone on the switch. Like, hey guys, we got an update straight from the hotel. You know I'm here, and I dropped the video from the hotel from an iPhone, recording the switch, giving the content. So there's no excuses. Sometimes you're gonna drop bad quality content. But you and know I what? think for for the 10k hits that I got the day of, my my comment section was like, yo, and this is why we love you. Thank you, man, because you're you're keeping us up to date. You're here, right? And, and it's not about the quality sometimes. Sometimes it's just about connecting, man. That I, think, I think like when I, when I said quality doesn't matter, like it definitely matters, but <laughs> yeah, like, no, let's, I, be, I, let's be real. Let's be real. You're not making the same type of quality content that you started when you had a hundred subs, right? Your content right. gradually, and maybe you came out out of the box with professionally, you know, edited oh, yeah, quality sure. content, but these guys, you know, you learn. It, it's it's a it's a learning curve, right? Mm-hmm. So these guys are in the learning curve of, you know, truly what's important in the industry, which is content king, baby. Content is king, it's, and and you got to be able to perform also. If you it's really, really crazy want if you, if you look at the gaming industry as a whole, Rob, because like we're putting these younger adults right in position to start learning all this stuff, right? Learn how to make a thumbnail, learn how to edit a video, learn how to talk on a camera, learn how to interview. Like what people don't realize is like. There is such a, you know, gaming has been like the unsocialized people for so long. Like that, that was a perception. And like these people, we're literally building. Like my, I don't know what my son's going to do for a living when he grows up. But I can tell you, he's probably going to know how to work Photoshop. He's probably going to know how to freaking edit a video. He's go- yeah. definitely going to know how to talk to a camera. Like that's going to happen, right? And and so I, I definitely agree with you. We talked about it a little bit before the show, like getting Monster's daughter started up early. You know, like if she has five years to do content. The, I think that the the hardest thing is when you get to the level a lot of your players are at, Rob, like they feel like they have to meet this certain level of quality in order for it to matter. Right. But I want to say to them is there's a yeah. there's a thing someone once told me. It's called MVP, your minimal valuable product, right? Get the minimal valuable product out and you'll grow off of that. Like just your your fans want to see that video you think is not that great. Trust me, they'll they'll watch it. 
right? I mean, Monster, I mean, do you have any last, last, you know, little, little hints to drop in here as a successful content creator, you know, building and going forward? Uh, yeah, like consistency is key. When I first started Photoshop, you know, like a year and a half, two years ago, growing my YouTube channel, dude, my old thumbnails are terrible. And I, I thought it was the best thing. They were I fire released, then, though. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yo, babe, nice, right? Now I look at like the thumbnails I just dropped. I revamped like four of them this weekend. I was like, I just hit another new level of like, damn, these are way better than like last week's thumbnails. I'm just, I'm literally learning as a content creator uh, myself, but it's just consistency. You'll, learn how to get the bigger and brighter and flashier and and just what is quality to you so work to your standard and trust me consistency will you'll refine that process down so much that you're going to be just popping out diamonds all day you know <laughs> and and what you're what you think is bad is going to be like amazing to someone else and then you'll only get better from there your 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 standard your your lowest standard you're going to refine that process you're going to be so good at it but yeah. con- you gotta be consistent. You gotta drive it. No, I, yeah, that's, the, that's the biggest thing. Cause I, I mean, just to hit on that last subject, I think like that there's pressure on like the performance and game level, but then content creates new pressure too, especially once you start get going, like, ah, I gotta get this out to my fans. I don't know what I'm going to do. My ideas, are they going to like it? Is the quality good? Uh, so there's pressure. Like when you were talking about pressure earlier too loud, I think like there's pressure on both sides of this and Mm -hmm. if you're if you're trying to make this at like professional level like these guys are um to be in and i think Fortnite is one of the driving forces and and content as well there's pressure on both sides so yeah the dudes uh our 12 or 14 what's really realistically 13 um they're they're feeling it they're feeling it heavy right now i have a quick question for you monster have you ever put yourself in a position where you didn't you did content and you weren't doing something you enjoyed yeah my first sponsorship i thought a hundred dollars an hour was like the best thing ever and i signed like a year-long contract with a game that i'm not going to disclose but holy i quickly learned that money isn't everything and even then my uh value for time invested was not great uh and after that learning experience i told myself if i'm not if it's not an instant yes for me it's probably a no um, and I'm going to stick to that. No, regardless of the money sum. The, and that, the reason why I ask is because as you have players, Rob, that they, you know, continue to grow and understand content creation from that side of it. I, I've put myself in positions where I was making content for something I didn't enjoy doing and it ended up showing through, right? So whether it's, Hey, show us a series of how you do this, or give us a tip on building, right? Like if that's not what's clicking with you, it's going to show to your team. It's going to show to your viewership and like do the things you enjoy, find those little things. It might be, it might be something you think is not that cool that other people would like that other people would find cool, but they might, it might be like, Hey, like how are you dropping in your parachute? I'm just using this example, right? Like, how, how do you drop with your glider? Like, what is the angle you typically take on your glider? You might think, like, that's not a big deal at all. No one's going to care. You probably have 100,000 people watch the video of how does Aiden drop in Tilted Towers? I guarantee you. Like, so the, I say that because there's small things that, like, you can take of. And I can, I'll also say this. Always, always, always double use your content. Right, Monster? I mean, you do it all the time. Take content from Twitch and drop it on YouTube. Like, it's a genius idea. You have two pieces of content all of a sudden done, right? You're on Twitch no, and you're on YouTube. Not there. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. 
You, you got one clip. Hit it five ways. You get five times the then impression. Then you can tell Rob I did all five pieces of my content for the month. There I'm you, done. There you go. But it, it, it really you know, just, just for the gamers out there and the content creators that are listening, because I know a lot of you guys do, um, push your content hard. And, uh, yeah, when you have something dope and you think it's great, share it. You'd yeah. be surprised. Some of them are going to hit hard. Some of them aren't going to hit hard. But don't, don't focus on the numbers. Focus on the quality content and get it out there. Yeah, I've been talking to some kids that on YouTube because I've been looking at them and, you know, I asked one kid, how did he grow so fast, right? This kid, like, uh, it's scary numbers, like 100,000 subs in, in 30 days. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and he just told me consistent uploading. He uploads every day. Days that he doesn't upload, he's up making three videos so he can upload every day. Mm-hmm. But then again, like you, you talk about putting out content, not really liking it. I never want our players to put out content so frequently that it gets stale and it's, it's not content. something that they yeah. want you really want to do i'd rather you and that's why i say you know and that's why i don't overload them like hey you got to be uploading every single day right uh because at that stage of the game you know it just causes more issues causes more internal issues within their head oh my god you know what, what, i don't have ideas uh nobody's gonna like it blah 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 it just takes away from the true issue which is or true true goal which is be the best in the world at the game like it and also be entertaining because people either watch you for two reasons either because you're super skilled or because you're entertaining or and the people that have both of that uh obviously are the ones that that prosper the most well the last thing i want to ask you about and we'll get out of here we're not going to beat it up too much thank you so much for sharing your story of ghosts and how you guys have gotten to where you are little insight on because people always ask right like how do i join a team how do I, you know, create content? What do you guys require? What do you do? So thank you so much for sharing all the insight with us. The last thing I want to talk to you about, though, is clothing and esports. Uh, we've seen 100T come out this year, you know, and Nate Shot has literally blown up the scene with his merch, dropping limited edition merch. I've got, I've done it as well. Bought one of their shirts, waiting for the moment to be able to do it. And it, it's really cool. I, I think it really gives a different side to esports, you know, and, and maybe it's not, you can't really say it's esports. It's a, kind of a clothing, but into our world of gaming, right? Uh, that hasn't been there before. And we see orgs now jumping on board more and more, dropping merch. You know, what is Ghost's position on merch? And what importance do you think it has in the community? Yeah. Uh, all right. So I'll, I'll try to give too much insight. Uh, it's not really my realm um, of, of like, you know, the business development side, I guess that's more kind of like business development side, brand imaging, kind of like really what you really want to fly for and right. be known for. Um, I, I think clothing, uh, obviously from, you know, our team house that we had uh, in Hollywood and, and kind of the lifestyle that we live, I think clothing's great. Um, I think that 100 Thieves and the lifestyle wear that they've kind of created is good. Uh, but then again, if it's forced on your players, it's great for your fans, right? I guess it, two things. What are you creating it for? Are you creating it for your players or are you creating it for your fans? Because if you're creating it for your fans, that's great. But, you know, some gamers and like, let's use League of Legends, for example, right? You know, and then this is no shade, right? But whether you pull like these people from different countries and put them in clothing that they've never really worn before, that's just not really their style is that kind of out of place, right? You know, in some essence, or is that, you know, I think clothing should be worn based on 
the type of person you are. I'm not really going to push it on you. Like fans obviously drop something dope for them, but don't make players feel uncomfortable, like having to wear Yeezys if they don't really like Yeezys. Um, I, I don't know. That shit just makes it is really cringy to me, dude. Uh, when I see like kids that they've probably never bought those shoes in their life and they're wearing an $800 pair of shoes and they really don't care about it at all. Even if you put it in front of their face, that's not really important. Uh, it's to each player. Yes. I want you to look fly at the events. You know, you look good, you feel good, baby, have that swag. Um, we've thought about doing like custom clothing for our players, whether it's like custom pants, you know, move the pockets around so they can keep all their stuff in it. Um, and we drop some, you know, we've, we've, we've done the lifestyle merch right? Uh, and I definitely want people to be wearing our clothes, but then again, I don't want to force it on them. Right. So players, um, if yes, wear the brand, wear your Jersey and have everything and, and switch it up. Right. Uh, I think they're hundred T's baseball, you know, uniforms and, and that style, which you're seeing different clothing from different, uh, orgs is going to be, that's going to be evolution. It's going to be growing all the time and people are going to be trying to get it right. Um, you know, Drake and Scooter Braun and, and those guys that linked up with Hundred Thieves, it kind of matches their 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 vibe, right? Right. Uh, have the street warrior. But then again, I'm not sure that matches some of their player vibes, right? So it's kind of awkward to me when I see some of your players that are wearing clothes that they look like they really would want to take off as soon as you cut the camera off. That's uh, not you. something that they wear every day. So I'd rather have clothing that we create for ghosts that players wear every day but it feels comfortable and it's them i guess yeah no i i i I definitely can see like you have putting putting players in a certain perspective right and i never really thought about it from that side like if you have a clothing brand you're asking them to wear your clothes they don't feel comfortable in it i i can definitely see that i think that for me uh and monster feel free to jump in here but i think it's cool because i think it brings another side into gaming that we didn't have before which is like merging you know, that artistic um, clothing side to gaming and making it a little more mainstream. And I guess that's where I've seen the benefit in it. But what about you, Monster? What do you think about clothes and esports? Uh, so I, I'm more of like clothes lead to like lifestyle. And if you're you as an organization want to incorporate like lifestyle and that kind of stuff, uh, like like Rob said, your players have to fit the bill but your overall image, right? If that's the brand you want to chase has to fit the bill as well. Right. Um, and, and that is important uh, because there, there's, there's different ways you could take it. It's like music, right? It's a bunch of genres and, and types of music. You can be a rock, right? You can be into rap. You can be into, and, and it's the same thing in gaming and, and esports. You really mold your team and what direction you want to kind of take it. Like, for all we know, Ghost could be into skating and just that kind of athletic style, right? Like, and, and take on that look, right? Versus the streetwear, like streetwear and athleticism, two different sides of things. But some esports brands want to go with the energy drinks and, and have that kind of that that style. So, um, right. yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely uh, there's, there's paths to be made. I like what 100 Thieves does, the streetwear style. Uh, phase has its own kind of style ghost has its own style all of these brands have their own unique image and that's what allows them to also shine out from the other ones so there i don't think there is no two orgs that can really say hey we're like that one and we want to pursue a look like those guys i think everyone kind of wants and and has their own vision and they're they're pushing for it and it definitely shows in the type of players you pick up uh you know from the way they look to the way they present themselves to you know what they're doing in this space because some teams, Team Liquid only wants pros. 
TSM known for banging content creators, right? And and like that entertainment, fun atmosphere. Like I see TSM, I see like homely, fun, goofy, right? Like that's what they're pushing. Uh, every every team definitely has their own style. And uh, yeah, I think I think uh, as the years develop, it'll everyone to continue to kind of like spider web branch out, you know. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think that's perfect, dude. I think that nobody's really. I think that everybody's just exploring right now. I think it's mm-hmm. cool that uh, you know, I think it's cool that Hundred Thieves gets Josh Hart and and people wearing their shit before the game, right? You know, they're uh, you know, wearing it pregame and then Juju for Phase wearing it, you know, out on the field. Um, you know, there's definitely been opportunities where Ghost could have put their our logo on a on a professional athlete's uh, you know, chest shorts or whatever we really wanted to. Um, you just got to make sure it's for the right reason. Um, and you're, you're obviously your brand and whoever you're trying to accustom to and really touch base with is also important, but yeah, lifestyle. And I, I'm not, not gonna, you know, I need to make this clear lifestyle. It ghost is very important to us. Um, you know, we, we definitely care about clothing and brands and making sure our guys look great and making sure that we do change that image. Uh, you know, not the proc pocket protector and sitting down in her parents you know basement and stuff like that man we, we want to no, no. show up shaggy, you guys swaggy. you guys have some great some great stuff i mean you're sporting a hat today uh you know I, i'm still waiting to get a ghost hoodie i need to get a ghost i got hoodie. you man i so, got you, guys, you know, we, sure. we, but i'm waiting for i'm waiting for the limited edition aiden ghost flip-flops that's what i'm waiting for <laughs> the, the, i mean so, that brother wears them everywhere yeah, man. Uh, that's another thing that we're doing. Like, I like we are already producing, and I, I want to like give ourselves a pat on the back as we do produce professional. If you head over to our website right now, you'll see one of our, our Counter Strike players, Josh Nassan, still very very high profile guy. We're making shirts, so we are making custom athletic, uh, uh, you know, apparel for our, for our guys. So you'll you'll see it, man. You'll see whether it's a uh, whether it's the flip flops. I don't know whether it's just straight out of Aiden Towers. You know, whatever it is going to be. Um, but making sure that they have that insight, they're involved in that process as well, so they can kind of develop their own lines as well for us. Uh, and stuff soon. I promise. I promise. Well, definitely looking forward to it. Uh, you guys have some great personalities, some great teams, you know, already out there, players doing the thing, man. And, and thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us today uh, and go through that. Uh, you know, it's been a long show. I've, I've held you way too long. I thank you so much for the insight you've given us, uh, for breaking down your journey and uh, giving an insight to how players and content creators and, you know, my future flip flops are going to come about all that. Uh, well, you know, yeah, th- thanks for having me on, man. I'm sorry if I overkilled some of those answers, but I do want some people to uh, at least understand the inside of, of, you know, kind of like what we do, you know, look for. Uh, I, that's the one question I get all the time. Like, what do you guys look for? How do I get signed? Well, you got to be the complete package. Uh, your gameplay is cool, but what else do you bring to the table? Because I'm looking for people that have, you know, at least the ability for long-term careers in the space. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I'll I'll make sure I see you guys at the next event with some ghost hoodies and swag. Yeah, we'll we'll do that. I mean, Ghost Gang, you know, and and your community is important to you guys. I know everywhere we go, I will say this, the ghost guys do an incredible job of signing autographs, saying hello, hanging out, being there. I mean, even introducing their family, like Aiden did, introduce his dad to like literally everybody at the last event. So, I mean, you, you guys are doing a great job over there. You're, you're really uh, molding some great players, and we appreciate all you guys do. You know, Ghost Gang, all the fans out there, thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast as you have and supporting all the players.
Uh, I know, I know me and Monster are grateful for all of you guys as well. I've been open. I think you're like the third ghost person I've had on the show. So, you know, thank but you pre- so much. Yeah, man, I appreciate it, man. And then fan engagement, making sure we engage with everybody is, is key. Um, you know, not, not having or coming off egotistical, like we're too busy or we're too important to, to talk or respond. Uh, that's kind of why I have my DMs open. I, I try to answer as many as, as, as much as possible. Uh, but just engagement, engage, engage. I'm always preaching that to the, to the guys as well, because if you truly want to stay relevant and you truly want to grow, then you have to engage with your fan base. Monster, you got any last notes before we get out of here today? Uh, all in all, man, I think uh, it was awesome just hearing a little bit of that background history behind how you got to where you are and uh, your vision for the team. And I think uh, people that, the real tryhards that that love the competitive scene they tune into this one they're gonna really enjoy everything you heard so hopefully yeah man i appreciate it brother uh like i said we're we're looking we got our eyes open we are still looking uh we're not scared to to, to put another contract in front of the player's face but uh we gotta make sure that they they bring some stuff to the table but i'm excited for Fortnite. i'm excited for the future uh 2019 should be a big big year of another growth uh, so I'm, I'm happy to be, you know, chugging along beside you guys. So let's, well, let's keep doing great things. I, I'm sure we'll see a few more boom boxes and, and swords come <laughs> along the way. So I can't wait to see it happen as well. And listen to monster, just sit in all as a new item comes out and he's casting it. It's, it's going to be fun. Well guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed the show. Shoot us review on iTunes. Leave us a comment on Podbean. You can always send your comments and complaints directly to monster over at fortnitepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you like and what you dislike about the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Fortnite Podcast myself. Too loud, the number two L-O-U-D-T-X. And then Monster at Monster D Face, M-O-N-S-T-E-R-D-F-A-C-E. And Rob at Esport Rob, E-S-P-O-R-T-R-O-B. Monster, why don't you tell them where they can find you throughout the week, boss? Yep, as always, guys, uh, preferably on YouTube. My content's up 24-7. We're also on a new Twitch schedule for those of you guys tuning in. Uh, no more afternoons. We're doing 4.30, 5.30 a.m., super bright and early. Uh, just a new schedule from uh, breaking my sleep schedule at South Korea. So thanks for having me, guys, at Monster D Face. Catch you guys next one. Still on that sweep schedule from Korea. I love it, man. I love it. Well, Rob, thanks again, buddy, so much. Uh, if anybody wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way? Just shoot you a DM, shoot you a, a private message on Twitter? Yeah, the best way to get in contact with me, Rob at ghostgaming.com or just contact me on Twitter at esportrobin. That's cool. it. Well, guys, as always, and until next time, make sure you dance at those kills and boast in those victory royales. production presented by deserto.com and sponsored by elgato gaming the background music for the elgato ad is brought to you by kevin mccloyd the song is called rainbows and you can visit it at incomputech.com